0: Do you have a home church? Are you looking for a place that you can bring your family to and receive love and encouragement? Then welcome to Pikeville Apostolic Church, where you'll find love and encouragement from the pulpit to the pew. You'll be inspired and encouraged by the atmosphere of praise and worship as our praise team ushers you into the presence of the Lord. No matter where you are on your journey in life or your journey with the Lord, you'll find what you're looking for at Pikeville Apostolic Church. Get ready for another powerful study in the Word as Pikeville Apostolic Church airs their midweek Bible study on their Facebook page located at Pikeville Apostolic. You can join us every Tuesday evening at 7.30 p.m. and join us for in-person services on Sundays at 2 p.m. The church is located at 4754 Raccoon Road, Raccoon, Kentucky. If you don't have a home church, come on out and make Pikeville Apostolic Church your home church. Let's now join Pastor McKinney as he takes us through another study in the Word.
1: Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome to Pipeful Apostolic Church, midweek Bible study, Tuesdays, 7:30 p.m. every week. We appreciate you joining us and hope that you will tell your family, tell your friends, tell your loved ones that we are on the air. And we do this every week so that we can all gather together and learn a little bit more about the Lord, about His Word, and uh, draw closer to Him. Uh, We're going to start a new series of studies uh, tonight that is going to deal with uh, teaching others Bible studies. And uh, we need to try this year to uh, pick out uh, one, two, three, uh, a family, uh, ever how. You can do it uh, and teach a Bible study uh, to someone who just has questions about the Bible. Uh, Of course, we want them to repent and get baptized in Jesus' name, get filled with the Holy Ghost. But uh, the main, uh, I guess, objective is uh, that. But our second objective is to just help people better understand the word of the Lord. And I'll explain a little bit more about that before we get into the teaching tonight. But we do have some things that we want to uh, bring up and talk about. Our announcements, of course, uh, section three rally is coming up Friday, February the second at seven thirty p.m. Grayson UPC, that's in Grayson, Kentucky. And if you're interested in going, uh, I'm pretty sure the van from CAC will be going, so you can hitch a ride on it. Also, KYC is coming up. That's right. It's just around the corner, Friday, Saturday, February the 16th and 17th. It's it's going to be once again at Northeast Christian Church in Lexington, Kentucky. And Brother Josh Josh Carson is going to be the guest speaker. And then Section 3 Conference is going to be February the 22nd and 23rd. I don't have a place for that yet or a location, but I'm pretty sure it will probably be uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of Ashland or somewhere like that. Um, Also, Uh, We'd just like to let all of you know, uh, all of the home folks know this, but maybe somebody's watching tonight who doesn't know all the outlets that we have. We have our radio broadcast that can be heard every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. on WQHY-FM 95.5 out of Prestonsburg, Kentucky. And you can also go to Q95FM.net and click on the Listen Live link Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m., whether you live on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world. That's q95fm.net. You can also watch our television broadcast Sundays at 10 a.m. on the Tri-State CW, and you can also watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 p.m. And if you don't get those cable channels or satellite service, you can still watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 simply by going to mountaintopmedia.com. Also, you can follow Pipeful Apostolic Church on our website at PipefulApostolic.org. We're going to try to do a little catch-up and do some uh, things uh, on the website that will be new information, new bulletins, and things like that, and even some new audio that will be uh, put up and posted. So we're looking forward to that. Also, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at Pike. UPC. That's right. Very simple, isn't it? Pack UPC. Also, uh, you can call in and leave your prayer requests, praise reports. uh, uh, You can get in contact and leave a message and we can return your call 606-262-7000. Or you can uh, email us the uh, prayer requests, uh questions, whatever you may have. And uh, you can do that through prayer at pipeforapostolic.org or pastor at pipeforapostolic.org. And speaking of prayer, we do have our prayer requests that we want to make mention of. Let's remember my brother, uh, James McKinney Jr. Let's remember him in prayer. Also, let's remember Roxanne Blankenship, that's my sister. Also, Bill Blankenship, that's her husband. Shannon Pruitt, Tasha Day, Jesse Quillen, Connie Priest, Jay Bryant, and Renee Stiltner. Let's remember all of these in prayer. And if you have a prayer request, well, we'd like for you to send those to us. And very simple, very easy. Call in, email it in. Ever how you got to get it to us, get it to us, and we will put you on the list. So let's go to the Lord in prayer as we open up the Bible study tonight and ask the Lord to move in a mighty, miraculous way. Lord, we come before your presence, and we thank you for this opportunity that you have blessed us to be gathered here tonight to study your word, gathered with your precious people of Pikeville Apostolic Church and those all across the U.S. and around the world. I pray, Lord, that you would bless us tonight as we gather, that we will leave here with more knowledge, more inspiration, more dedication, that we will find that there's just a revival waiting to happen, and the harvest is truly white, ready to harvest. So we ask, Lord, that you would just uh, help us to uh, read, understand, and then implement your word in our lives as we give you the praise, we ask that you would touch each and every one on the prayer list. You know the needs, the situations, the circumstances, all of those who are in need of healing in their bodies, all of those that are in need of direction in their life. Lord, I pray that you would put a hedge of protection around Piteful Apostolic Church, Cornerstone Apostolic Church, all of us, Lord, that you will protect us from the pandemics, the plagues, the pestilence, and the diseases of the day. And Lord we're going to give you the praise and the honor in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, we are glad that you have joined us tonight. And uh we had a um, we had a meeting last night. We have our men's meeting on the first Monday of the month, but since it was a holiday in January, January the 1st, we had it last night. And what we discussed as the men of Cornerstone is to uh, take and, and give a personal Bible study to somebody. Just, just pick out a family member that you may want to convince that they need uh, Jesus in their life. Uh, to pick out maybe someone that you work with and ask them, you know, if they're having problems and stuff, you could ask them, would you like to have a Bible study? Let's just get together and study. And and most of these studies, uh, you can do them within an hour. There's uh, We just ordered for CAC um, a case of those uh, Into His Marvelous Light uh, Bible studies. One hour Bible study, very simple, very easy. But it gets to the point of showing people that they need a Savior and helping them to understand why repentance is important, uh, why being filled with the Holy Ghost is important, and why being baptized in Jesus' name is important. So, with that said, I'd like to uh, uh, just kind of piggyback off of that for the next, uh, maybe the next four times that I teach. Uh, I'd like to piggyback off of that, and I'd like to just talk about how we can reach the lost with the Word and uh, and help them understand that it is the Word of God. It's not our opinion. It's not an apostolic organization's opinion. It's simply the Word of God. And with that said, uh, we, we have to start, I guess, with uh, with faith and the Word of God, because if you don't have faith, then you're not going to believe. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. So they kind of go hand in hand. So I want to start out with the Word of God and faith. And we're studying, and tonight's title and, and what it'll be through this series is Back to Basics, b to b b to b And uh, we want to get back to basics. Um, you know, we're living in a world that's kind of ventured out away from the basics of Bible. Uh, we we venture out and we got our own idea of what church should be. Uh, we got our own ideas of how a service should go. And we got our own ideas of decor, buildings, decorations, and all these things. But if we was to just strip everything down, and just simply get back to basics. I wonder what kind of influence we would have today, as the people of God. I got to thinking about our uh, building project at Pipeful Apostolic Church. You know, we had to strip the the kitchen completely down, and and literally redo it from the ground up, and. It, we had to get back to the basics because all of the, uh, you know, niceties that we had, all of the uh, decor we had, all of the decorations that we had uh, really uh, didn't do anything to help the foundation. We had to get and strip it all the way down to the foundation to get the foundation off of the ground and back where it belongs, and and the the joists, I should say. And um, with that said, we had to strip it all down to get back to the basics. So I want to title this uh, study for the next four times that I teach. Now, there'll be others that'll be teaching in between, but each time that I teach, I want to pick up on one of these studies. There's four studies that we are going to cover, and I think that all of these studies that we cover are going to be a help, and it's, it's going to help others see um, why we need to get back to basics, because um, lesson one deals with the Word of God and faith. Lesson two is going to just talk about repentance. Lesson three is going to talk about the necessity of baptism, and lesson four is going to talk about the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the reason I want to cover this, something happened just uh, a while back uh, that a, a person I tried to witness to and tried to convince them they were dying, and I tried to convince them that they needed to be baptized. And they thought their past was too bad, they thought they couldn't be forgiven. They, Even though I tried to tell them the past is the past and and all that matters is right now, still, they would not agree to be baptized. And with that said, I thought how important it is that we don't wait until someone is drawing their last breath until we try to teach them a Bible study or get them ready to meet the Lord. We need to do it now. And I believe everybody can agree to that. I believe all of you at home can agree to that, and all who are watching, whether you're watching at work or from the East Coast, West Coast, around the world, wherever you're watching from, I believe you can agree that we all need to reach and teach people now. One of the things that um, Jesus began to instruct his disciples to do was to go into all nations and Baptize them, teach them, baptize them, and and that is something that is still the basics of everything we do as Christians. So I want to uh, go, uh, and we're going to read something in Proverbs, and I want to uh, bring this up so you can read along. It's in Proverbs chapter 13, and verse number 13, it says, Whoso despises The word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of transgressors is hard. Well, I want to go to the Lord in prayer as we study tonight back to basics. Let's pray. Lord, we come before your presence, and we thank you for this opportunity that you have blessed us to be gathered here together tonight to study your word. I pray that we will rightly divide the word of truth, expound it fully, and we will all leave here knowing the basics of what we need to teach others. You gave the command. You gave the commission, and we receive it, Lord, because we know it's not just a preacher thing. It's not just a deacon thing. It is a disciple thing. And Lord, we are disciples of you. And we ask that you would help us, Lord, as we study your word tonight, that we will be able to get knowledge, wisdom, and understanding to know how to teach the simplistic word that you have given us. And Lord, we give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, um, we want to start just a little biblical facts. You know, sometimes when people start studying the Bible, uh, they don't know where to look in the Bible for certain things. Uh, They don't know, if you say, uh, turn to the book of John, they don't know if it's in the Old Testament or the New Testament. So I want to kind of just give us a little uh, background, if if you will bear with me, to, uh, to lay this foundation, this simplistic foundation, so that we can get back to basics. There are 66 books in the Bible, and the Bible is broken into two different sections. One is the Old Testament. The other is the New Testament, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And also, uh, we call it Uh, The Old Testament is the old will, and the New Testament is the new will. So the Old Testament is made up of 39 books, and the New Testament is made up of 27 books. So the Old Testament's 39 books. The New Testament is 27 books. So God used over 40 men, different men, to write the Bible. So why am I telling you all of this? There is no way the Bible could come together in such unity and cohesiveness if man sat down today without the Spirit of the Lord and tried to write something different ages, different different uh, time frames, uh, different backgrounds, different educational backgrounds. They would never today be able to do that and pull that off like it was pulled off in the days of not only the Old Testament prophets and and people, but as well as the New Testament writers. Because God instrumented, he was instrumental. He was the one that orchestrated the writing of the word that we know as the Bible. So in some Bibles, there's red letters. Of course, that marks what Jesus said. And the Bible contains 1,189 chapters, 31,102 verses. It also has 78, 783,137 words. The longest verse in the Bible is Esther 8 and 9. The shortest verse in the Bible is John eleven thirty-five. Simply, Jesus wept. We all like to learn that Bible verse when we was learning Bible verses. Let's go to John 11:35. Jesus wept. <laughs> Easy to learn. According to the Bible Society in Israel, there are approximately 50 Bibles sold every minute throughout the world. Think about that: 50 Bibles per minute. That's, that's almost one a second. You know, it's one point something seconds. Uh, that that's that's interesting. That that is uh, a stat that we can look at and say. People still want to know what the word says. I don't care how educated people get. I don't care how rich people get. I don't care how uh, what kind of job you got. If you got a good job, a bad job, if no job. People still want to know what thus saith the word of the Lord. They want to know. They want to know, is there a heaven? They want to know, is there a hell? They want to know what to do to get to heaven. And I, I think that when we look at this, there's got to be something that takes us back to just simple basics. Strip down all of our lights, all of our camera, all of our internet broadcast, all of our programs, all of our Easter programs, Christmas programs, all of those things, anniversary services, uh, other services, just strip it all down and simply get to the basics. What does God want each of us to do? He wants us to go out and win people to him. Teach them, baptize them, help them so they will get on the right path. Well, um, you know, when you look at, uh, at the study that we're going to look at, uh, you see that when you first get a Bible, you got to get familiar with it. So in order to teach a Bible study, you have to be familiar with it or you'll never be able to convince other people how to teach a Bible study. We discussed last night this this topic, um, know the Bible. You as a child of God must know the word of God. So when somebody comes up and says, well, where did Cain get his wife? Or somebody comes up and says, well, who was Jesus praying to in the garden? That you don't just throw up your hand and say, hmm, good question. Because if they ask a question that you cannot biblically answer, now, if the Bible doesn't answer it, how do they expect us to answer it? You know, there's some things in the book of Revelation that is not explained or expounded, and there's no use for us to try to figure out what it's talking about or who it's talking about. You know, the mark of the beast, you know, that's going to be the mark of a man. That's that's the information given. We could sit all day long and talk about who we thought it or think it might be, Um But you know what? If we do that, we're just guessing because we have nothing to back it up. So what I want us to understand about teaching Bible studies is that we have to know what we're talking about, but we also have to have the word to back it up. You have to be able to show people in the scripture what you believe. I I tell people this all the time. The worst thing you can do is say, well, my preacher says. That don't mean nothing. They got a preacher too. Well, my church believes, well, that don't mean nothing either because they got a church. So what we have to do is strip all that down and get to the basics and say, let's start with repentance. Let's start with the word of God. Let's start with faith. Do you believe in God? That's a good question. That's a good place to start, right? That is a good place to start. Do you believe in God? Well, if they say yes, then now you've got the next step. Well, then you've got faith because you believe in God. And then you can start talking about the next step, which is you believe the word of God is real because you've got faith. You believe in God. So what do you do when somebody says, I don't believe in God? Or somebody says, I don't believe the Bible's nothing more than just another book. Now you have a task of trying to show them the simplistic word of God. You have to be able to strip it all down and say, okay, how did the worlds get here? You know, somebody might be real savvy and say, oh, there was this Big Bang Theory. Well, who, who created the Big Bang who created the stuff that banged? <laughs> they say, "Well, it was just you know here." Well, you can say, "Okay, um, I can take a bunch of springs and gears and and stems and a watch band and and a crystal cover and I'll just throw it up in the air." And when it hits the ground, it's going to be a watch. Everybody knows that don't happen. If there's a watch, there's a watchmaker. This camera I'm looking into did not just happen. Somebody had to build it. There had to be a camera maker, a manufacturer. So you can counteract all the questions that people have with the word of God, in the beginning, God. That's settled. That is settled. There's there was nothing but God in the beginning. Nothing but God, and when He began to speak, things began to come into existence. So, with that said, I hope that now you've got a, a kind of an idea how you're going to counteract people who want to dispute what you say. And and another thing about Bible studies that we all have to understand, don't get off track. Like if I'm teaching on repentance, uh, I'm not going to let a person that I'm teaching say, well, let me ask you this, Pastor, where did Cain get his wife? Well, that has nothing to do with repentance. And that has nothing to do with the plan of salvation. So what we have to do is stay on track So that we can help people understand the basics so they can repent, get baptized in Jesus' name, get filled with the Holy Ghost. So with that said, uh, the Bible looks like a huge book, a complicated book, maybe even beyond uh, something that we can understand. But I want to read something. There's a couple of words that I want to uh, bring to your attention and I hope that it'll be a blessing to you. Uh, this is found in the 12th verse of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And this is what it says. For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity, everybody say simplicity. Now, we're going to find out what simplicity means. If, if you look at simplicity, If you're like me, the first thing that comes to mind is something plain, something real, something that, uh, you know, is easy understood, right? Well, let's see what it goes on to say. That in simplicity and godly sincerity, and this is why it's so important that when you're teaching Bible studies to someone, that they are sincere and not just wanting to argue, not just wanting to uh, dispute what you've got to say or try to prove you wrong. You want it to be with sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation in the world and more abundantly to you word. Now in verse number two of second Corinthians chapter 11, It says, for I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Now, when we go to verse number three, what does it say? But I fear, this is is what Paul feared. But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, So your minds, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Now, what Paul was basically trying to, I'm going to paraphrase here, what he was trying to say to the people was, he said, I'm fearful that just as the serpent beguiled Eve, that others are beguiling you or convincing you and maybe even corrupting you from the simplicity that is in Christ. Now, I want, I want to uh, take us to that word simplicity because, after all, um, Webster has one definition, the Bible in the Greek, has another. As we look at this, and maybe I should bring this up on the full screen because you can see it a little bit better. Simplicity means sincerely, it means purity of mind. These are biblical definitions. The virtue of one who is free from pretense and hypocrisy. So when we see that, we see the biblical. We see the biblical definition, how that it's simply, if we're talking about the simplicity of Christ, we're talking about the purity of mind that we understand who He is, we're convinced of who He is, we're not doubting of who He is, and we're not living in hypocrisy, you know, uh, believing that we can live any old way, but we got to live to please Christ. So that's the simplicity definition in biblical uh, Greek, if you will. Webster's Dictionary gives us another uh, definition of simplicity. In, um, In this particular setting, in Webster's, simplicity means the quality or condition of being easily understood, a thing that is plain. I like that because, you know, we need to get back to the simplicity of Christ, explaining him plainly, not going off in some, and and there's nothing wrong with studying Greek. There's nothing wrong with studying Hebrew. There's nothing wrong with showing your uh, intelligence in the word. But if we can get back to the simplicity in teaching Christ, The sincerity, but yet easily understood, I think will be more effective. I think will be more effective in winning people to Jesus. I think will be more effective to helping people understand they need a Savior. They need to come to church. They need a home church. Um, We're living in a day where people don't even believe you need a home church. Um, and the first thing people say, well, if I come to your church, can I do this or can I do that? And they start naming off things they want to keep doing. And that's where the lack of teaching, I think, comes, comes in. Because we need to have teaching that tells them, let's not focus on that at this particular time. Let's get our heart right. Let's get the simplicity of Christ in our minds. And then we'll study what the church is supposed to do. You know, on the day of Pentecost, they didn't start out and say, oh, well, praise God, all you women. You got to dress like women. Peter didn't stand up on the day of Pentecost saying, all you men got to dress like men. Walk like a man. Talk like a man. Yeah. No. You know what? He started out with repentance because they had already believed what had happened was they had believed and were pricked in their heart because they said, men and brother, what must we do? What I got to do to be saved. So he didn't have to start with the word and the, and the faith, even though if you start looking at the previous He was teaching them about Jesus, and then all of a sudden, they want to know what they need to do to be saved. So the simplicity of Christ will win people to Jesus. You can start out talking about standards, and you're going to run people off, and they're not going to understand. They're going to to think, well, if I have to do all that, I can't do all that. Well, you can't do all that without the Holy Ghost. You can't do all that without a made-up mind. You can't do all that without understanding the Word of God. And that's, I think, so many times where we fail. We do not give them the simplistic Word, the, the Word that's easily understood. Let's concentrate on getting them to believe in God, believe in His Word, and then repent Get baptized in Jesus' name. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. And then when they get the Holy Ghost, they'll be able to receive not only the sincere milk of the word, but also the meat of the word. So so I, I wanted to throw that in there because that's some of the things that sometimes uh, we um, fail to do is give the simplistic teaching of why we need a Savior, why we need to believe in the Word, why we need to believe that Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. Why would, Why do we need to believe in God? So all of these things, I think, are important for us. Now, the Old Testament books of the Bible are broken up into several different sections, and this might be good uh, at an, another portion of teaching people, uh, not at the beginning, but just letting them know, uh, you have, uh, you know, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Exodus, Leviticus numbers, and Deuteronomy is the law. So if you want to tell somebody what was under the law, thou shalt not kill, you're going to go back to these books. Then you got history, which goes from Joshua to Esther. You've got poetry from Job to Song of Solomon. You've got major prophets, Isaiah to Daniel, and minor prophets from Hosea to Malachi. Now, with that understanding, that is to kind of help you uh, get, get the Bible broken into sections so, you can help somebody understand. If they're wanting to see where the Ten Commandments is, they're not going to look in Malachi. If they want to know uh, maybe something about uh, the kings, uh, they're not going to go to Job. So, that just kind of breaks it down and makes it easier. Now, if you can help them outline that, uh, and then the New Testament's the same way. You've got New Testament books, you've got the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you've got history. That's the Book of Acts. That's the history of the church, and then you got the letters uh, to the churches from Romans to uh, Second Thessalonians. You've got letters to people, First, Second Timothy, Titus, and Philemon, and uh, then letters to the general people or population. Hebrews, James, First and Second Peter, First. 2nd, 3rd, John, and Jude. And then, of course, prophecy is revelation. So if you can help them kind of break that down into sections, then your studies, after you get past repentance, baptism, in Jesus' name, get filled with the Holy Ghost, then your studies are going to be easier to uh, get to the section they need to get to. Now, um, what are the benefits of studying the word. Number one, we need to understand that this world was created. There is a creator. Now the Bible tells us that men worship the creature more than the creator. And that's so true. I mean, look at all the, the icons of Hollywood and Nashville and all those that, uh, are popular in our world, whether it's sports figures or others. They, they People just are basically idolizing them. So we find that there is a creator, and we need to serve the creator, not the creature. You'll learn how to make it through tough situations. The Bible is full of encouragement. And that's what you have to tell people. The Bible will encourage you. The Bible is full of scriptures that will lift you up when you're pushed down, heal you when you're broken, dry your tears when you're crying and overwhelmed. The scriptures give us all that. There's even scriptures that even when you're afraid, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. There's so many words of encouragement. So when you start teaching Bible studies, study of the Bible, um, we're going to learn that there's a creator. We're going to learn how to make it through tough situations. You're going to learn to love this world. Needs to learn how to love, right? This world needs to learn how to love. We're living in a world that that has a lot of hatred, has a lot of hatred in their life and in their heart. Uh, If somebody does something to them, uh, some people never forgive them. They simply go to their grave with a grudge. Some people uh, can forgive as if it never happened the moment it happens. You know, I admit that there's things that's been happened to me or, or said to me or done to me, and some of them are easy to just let go and just say, man, it's just the way life is, got to go on. And then sometimes you got to pray through it and you got to read the scripture and look at the word and say, Lord, show me. What I need to do to get through this so that I don't die lost. I was talking to someone last night and I was talking to them about uh, a situation they was going through. And they, they was talking about how, how it disturbed them and it upset them. And they were just, they were just all distraught about it. And I said, don't let a person send you to hell. Because I said, I'm not going to go to hell for anybody or anything. Meaning, I'm not going to let what people do to me cause me to be lost. I'm not going to let what happens to me cause me to be lost. You learn. That's why Bible studies are so important. And Tuesday night is so important. And taking A time to talk to someone at work or to talk to someone, you know, a neighbor, a friend, a co-worker, whoever it may be, to try to win them to the Lord. Now, I understand we are in immense competition, but God's not in competition. He's got the power to break up the stony heart. He's got the power to bring conviction. He's got the power to, to deal with people. And so we, we can't just say, well, we're there's too much competition. you got this non-denominational group that's busting out the seams. They're having three and four services on a Sunday. Who are we, Pipeful Apostolic Church, having just one service? We can't look at it that way because we have the Lord in our life. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Amen. So looking at this, we're going to learn how to love. Every question you have can be answered by the word of God. Every question. I don't care what it is. Somebody comes up to you and says, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, what's wrong? Well, this, 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 and this. Well, let me tell you what the Bible says. This is where it comes in contact with us, the people of God, that we know the word of God, because there's going to be people that's going to have questions or they'll be going through something, and we need to know how to direct them to the proper scripture. What if somebody's overwhelmed? What if somebody is just simply overwhelmed and they just feel like life is pressing them so bad that they can't get through? Are we going to sing a song to him when life is pressing me or are we going to take him to the scripture when my heart is overwhelmed lead me I cry lead me to the rock that is higher than I there's always a scripture there's always a scripture if you're hurting there's a scripture he's your comforter he's your peace he's your counselor you don't know what to do. He's your counselor. Oh, I need to talk to somebody professional. No, you need to talk to Jesus. He's the professional. Are you saying don't go to doctors or anything? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we got to learn to go to the Lord first before we turn to man because the Lord has the answers. His word has the answers for everything we're faced with. Now, every question you have can be answered by the word of God. Even though the Bible is thousands of years old, it still has the ability to speak currently to us today. Could you amen that? Could you amen that and say, yes, the Bible was written thousands of years ago, but it's like a modern-day newspaper, a modern-day magazine, a modern-day news program. It's current. It's relevant. It speaks to us today. I hope this study is a blessing to you. First of all, we have to know who wrote the Bible. Now, some people are going to say, well, now Moses wrote some, and Peter wrote some, Paul wrote some. Let's see what the Bible says in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is, is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by what? The Holy Ghost. We, we didn't write it. Paul didn't write it. He was just the vessel or the instrument that God used. So when you're reading the Bible, you're not reading man's opinion. You're not reading <clears throat> man's idea. You're not reading some novel or some fiction that man wrote. You're reading what God inspired men to speak and write. So that's a good thing to understand when people say, well, uh, you know, the Bible was written by man. Well, you can say, well, they penned it, but they didn't write it. Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. When I think of an author, I think of someone who writes books, someone who writes literature, writes papers, writes, um, you know, speeches. So when I look at that, I know he's the author and finisher of our faith, what we believe and, and what we receive and, and who he is. He's the author and the finisher. And I also like to think he's the writer of my story. Is he the writer of your story? I want to come to a close with that tonight is Jesus, the author of your story, if he is the author of your story, now you realize everything that I've been teaching from the creator to having faith in the word to knowing that man didn't write it, man just penned it, that we can teach others and we can break it all down with a simplistic word of the Lord. Very simple. You can, um, I don't know if you've ever used this terminology, but you probably have heard people say it. Uh, when they write a paper, maybe they write a paper and they got a bunch of just run-on sentences and and maybe they got a lot of uh, uhs and uhs and uhs, you know, A's and and uh, duh, and all that in it, when they maybe record or something like that. Um, With that said, you look at them, you say, clean it up and bring it back and let's read it again. What, What they want you to do is take out the unnecessary stuff or the stuff that clutters or distracts and make it presentable. That's what we have to do with the Word of God. Now, we're not taking out anything of the Word of God and tossing it aside. We're just kind of getting everything that that is to be taught later when you get more mature and you get uh, better understanding. We're going to kind of just move that over here in this column, and we're going to focus on the simplicity of Christ. So sometimes we just got to clean up our testimony, clean up our Bible studies, so we can get to the simple, clean, easy understood things of God. I hope this is inspiring you. Um, When we get those books into his marvelous light, we'll give some out at PAC also. And we hope that you will take this year. We're in a new year. Take this year and teach some Bible studies so you can win people to Jesus. Now, I always tell people this we want them to come to PAC, but if we can teach a Bible study to somebody and then they go to an apostolic or church, you know, in another state or in another area. I'm not going to get upset. Well, praise God. I taught them that Bible study. I spent my time and sweat. No. Then it becomes about you or me, not about them. We're working for the kingdom, right? We're working for the kingdom. With that said, I'm going to stop right there because I want to, I want to close with, uh, with that, uh, thought of how that we are, um, the disciples of Christ called to teach. Not everybody's called to preach, but everybody's called to teach. Teach your children, teach your neighbor, teach your coworker. We can all teach somebody. And in teaching someone, we can reach someone. Well, I want to close with that and I want us to go to the Lord in prayer and I want us to ask the Lord to help us to win people to Jesus through Bible studies. If you talk to a lot of people, they will tell you that their church grew in great numbers when they started teaching Bible studies or had small groups teaching uh, individuals. So, Let's see what's going to happen at Pipeful Apostolic Church. I got a good feeling that revival is going to happen, and we just all got to do our part because uh, if we if we leave it up to one person, we'll be limited to that one person's ability. But if everybody does their part, we're going to see growth. We're going to see revival. We're going to see some great things happen. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we come before your presence, and we thank you for this opportunity that you blessed us, Lord, to study your word. I pray, Lord, that we have taken what we've learned tonight, and we're going to try to take Bible studies that are simplistic, easy understood, and teach them to people who maybe don't even know uh, if you're real, maybe don't know anything about the Bible, maybe don't know uh, that they need a Savior or they need to go to church or they need to, uh, you know, change their lifestyle. Lord, help us to not be accepting of sin, but help us, Lord, to be patient in teaching others your word. And Lord, we give you the praise and honor and the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, I've enjoyed this Bible study tonight on this Tuesday night. I can't wait till Sunday. We had a great service Sunday, didn't we? With our communion and foot washing service. We'll do that the first Sunday of each year. And, uh, I'm thinking of maybe another time or two down, uh, through the year, we will do communion, communion only, uh, for a couple of times through the years and through the year. So, um, We'll we'll do definitely set aside the first Sunday of the year for our communion and foot washing, and then uh, we'll do communion a couple more times. Uh, with that said, you know the Bible doesn't say how often you're supposed to do these things, but it does say as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Well, I hope you have a remainder of your evening, all you that worked hard and are tired and sleepy and uh, feeling like you need to go to bed right now. I'll be praying that the Lord will give you strength so tomorrow you'll be, you know, bright-eyed, ready to teach a Bible study, go into work, and, and be a light unto those around you for it's time for us to get out of here. Everybody have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your night because we are out of here.